0: and thrive. Greetings, I'm Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial. Today I am joined for this podcast episode by Ms. Siobhan Swain, who is an energetic alchemist, Okay, y'all. I don't even know if y'all know what that means. I certainly don't know what that means. So I am looking forward to hearing from Miss Siobhan on how you go from being a therapist, a formerly trained social worker, you know, all of these great, amazing accolades to now a very kind of woo-woo title. Um, So without further ado, welcome Siobhan to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Erin. You know, honestly, Energetic Alchemist feels good. I was thinking before um, joining that I've had this kind of conflict around titles and bios because most of us, we list where we went to school, where we went to grad school, what type of certifications we get And I think that in this point of life, that doesn't feel accurate. It doesn't feel, the word that comes up is it doesn't feel expansive enough because Mm -hmm. a lot of us, like, of course, we know that we're so much more, but then why do we keep using those bios?
0: Right. Right.
1: So I have really been trying to figure out how to write a bio that isn't just a list of accomplishments. And, and then what comes up for me and for other people I've talked to is if I don't list the accomplishments, then do people really get who I am?
0: Right.
1: That part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because the accomplishments give us credibility. We paid the money, we went to school. So I want them and I'm more than that. So what's the balance? All of that to say is that's how I came up with energetic alchemists.
0: <laughs> well, it's, I love it. And it may it. change.
1: It may change next week, but that's where I'm at today.
0: And as it should, because we're constantly evolving <laughs> beings. And Absolutely. I love that we opened with this because I made up meta business. Okay. I made up this word, metaphysics and business. And because mm-hmm. I also felt that metaphysics in and of itself is, gr- is a grand sort of concept. But business mm-hmm. very limited. It's almost like, yes. you know, the Aladdin. I'm this grandgee. Yes, <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. And so
0: this is also, I feel like, how titles feel. And I love that we're opening with this as a conversation in a business podcast, a business inspired podcast, because so many of us, our identities are tied to our titles. I being Listen. one of those people. Yes. Were you going to say something
1: about that? I was, it just, it just hit in the moment because I work with a lot of women, a lot of black and brown women and titles and education were the way out. So we went forward and then we get there and then there comes a point where we have to reconcile all of that because a lot Mm. of people get the titles, they get the job, they get the labels. But that isn't what we thought it was going to be. And then we have to figure out, well, then what? I did what I was supposed to do. But I didn't get what I expected to receive on the other Ooh. side. And then that Ooh. can oftentimes trigger that curiosity and those questions for what do I do next?
0: Come on, now, that was my path. That's why I always say that I went from Harvard to healing. Because, I mean, we work, I worked so damn hard my whole life academically, professionally, and putting on whatever masks I could to just show up as best as I could. And after I did three years in this very prestigious institution, I felt so empty. Mm -hmm. Like, who the fuck am I? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. feel any Actually, I feel worse in the inside. I actually feel empty. I don't really feel like I have that many more friends or networks per se. Um, so what did I do this for? Begs the question. So right. after you kind of hit, you were saying like you kind of hit like this, for me, it was like a cataclysmic moment where it's like, what do I do? Who am I? Where do I go? Why am I here? Like I'm asking myself all these questions, which led me down what I call um, now, like my real
1: education path.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And I think those questions are important you know, I reflect often on like, cause people ask, well, how did you, how did you get here? Right. Whatever our title is, wherever we are in life. And for me, I feel like I was always weary of being boxed in okay. even younger, mm. right. And you take it and on the one hand, it can be great when people recognize you for certain things. So I feel like in some ways, um, when I was younger, I was really smart and people love really smart little girls who could sit and be quiet and follow the rules and not get out of hand. So then I got noticed for that. Um, I grew up poor. So then there are sometimes opportunities. If you're smart and poor, then you can, you know, go on these special field trips. You kind of get introduced to some different things. Um, but it was always kind of a, okay, but what does that mean for me? And if I go this path, does that mean I just have to go this way? Mm. And even, you know, you mentioned me being a clinical social worker. I literally chose social work because it gave me the most options. Mm. I felt like I could have done LPC. I could have done licensed marriage and family therapists. They're great. We're going to be using the same DSM. But social work just seemed like it was very clear that as a social worker, I could work in a hospital setting. I can work for the government. I can work in a in law enforcement, I could work as a therapist, I could work um, in policy and all of that. And there were job titles that I could Google, because I did Google this, to see where are (laughs) these job titles for social workers. And then once I saw, okay, that gives me this many options, I'll go with that. Because I am so afraid of being boxed into one thing. And I knew that didn't work for me. I didn't know what that meant. But Mm -hmm. I knew that whatever I chose for graduate school had to give me the most options in case I changed my mind.
0: Right, right. And you mentioned growing up for you, and I love to talk about people's like childhood in these conversations, because oftentimes that's where a lot of our first traumas are experienced, which Mm -hmm. really a lot of our lives. And you said, you you mentioned you grew up poor, obviously you're a woman of color, you know, Mm -hmm. It, are you from Texas? I am from Texas. Fort, Fort Worth, Texas. Texas. we from Fort Worth? Okay, cool. Yes. I, I'm from Houston, so I saw you in and m so I was like, and yeah. I went to me, so I was like, okay, okay. yep,
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: so yes, you're in Fort Worth, Texas. I already know that vibe, you know, okay, yep. <laughs> like, <tell me>. yeah. <laughs> so yes. tell us, like, how was it like your experience in terms of shaping your identity as a young, mm-hmm. as a young woman in these contexts? Because we realize and I've come to understand that it wasn't these things that were happening to me, per se. I was actually calling forth these experiences for my learning and development. hmm. And so um, I really would like to understand how you kind of view your experiences, if they were traumatic or, you know, eye-opening or or whatnot.
1: Yeah. So I feel like that's such a, like a Pandora's box, right? Because (laughs) yeah, like you really want to get to it. Um, I grew up in, I was born in 82 and growing up in the 80s, 90s in that period. There was a lot happening. Um there were in the area I was in, there was a period where there was a lot of gang activity and that was a definite thing that people had to be aware of. We're also talking about the crack era for a lot of the black community right so a lot that you just see, a lot that you're aware of. Yeah, and, and so we don't even do, <laughs> we don't but... think about it and it's <laughs> it's funny because this came up recently and this has happened to me several times in life where I'm listening to music and I'm a hip hop girl. Like, I just, I'm just going to be a hip hop girl. And yeah. someone was like, don't you feel like some of this music about drugs and all this stuff is a lie? I said, I mean, it could be, but I also grew up in that era. So it's not that I'm not aware, right? Of how it impacts people. But there is a part of, I think, especially when we think about a lot of the 90s rap and hip hop that people were talking about what was happening in their lives. And for yeah. people who grew up in that, That was that was one of the first times where we see outside of our community someone who kind of gets it or who can speak to our experiences. Right. And so, you know, we think about childhood and I think about the things have influenced me. You know, music is huge. Growing up in the neighborhood where I grew up was huge and just learning how to survive. That environment, because I think that our environments play a huge role on us. And so, how do I navigate these situations? How do I make it to the store if I see people who look a little suspect? What do I do? Do I cross to the other side of the street? Do I keep going? Do I see somebody in the neighborhood who I know that that feels like safety, so I'm good to keep going, or do I need to turn and take another route? Like all of these processes having to learn um, in childhood, and then also there's the piece with being the oldest child and being the daughter. And we've seen those memes about if you're the oldest and you're a girl, what has that meant? And it was a lot of having to navigate things, having to figure things out. And even when I was younger, problem solving has always been a benefit to me. I was always very skilled in being able to think through things and being able to find a solution being able to find a workaround. And I do think that a part of it was from those skills that I had to have when I was younger to figure out how do I navigate this environment? How do Mm -hmm. I keep myself safe in this environment? And Mm -hmm. those skills have been transferable and have assisted me throughout my entire life.
0: Yeah, it was interesting when you say that those skills is that they essentially just get upgraded because um, like... The skills we used to be safe in that kind of environment probably weren't the highest grade, you know. Um right. like for some women, it looked like cursing people out, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> cursing people out, you know, like um getting in fights or um locking people out of the house. I'm just trying to think mm-hmm. of all the scenarios that I've witnessed or experienced in my life where people were trying to be safe, but at like the most extreme level. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now as an adult, when I experience, cause I am right now in many ways experiencing kind of like a karmic loop of some of these, these, I, you can say aspects of my generational healing that's happening. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, how oh, the hell did I think this behavior was normal? Like getting called a bitch and cursed out and pinched in your face. Like mm-hmm. this was actually normal. And now I'm like, go to the police station. I'm calling 911 on your ass. You know what I'm saying? Yes. This is inappropriate, sir. You know? Yes,
1: exactly. I
0: I really am grateful, I have to say, for the upgrades. Because Mm -hmm. we were um, essentially socialized or programmed as children in terms of what actually was a healthy a healthy masculine or a masculine behavior or even a feminine behavior now mm-hmm. in a way, they it's very much a toxic masculine energy or toxic feminine energy so i don't know if you have some you know um, personal narratives or anything that you can speak to that in your own upbringing or your own life that that you may want to shed light
1: on yeah i would say for me it was literally silent so uh, I was not the person uh, who was going to do all the things. My coping skill was just yeah. like, have you ever seen that meme of Homer Simpson where he just backs into the bushes <laughs> my entire life? Oh, uh, what they say? That sounds like, you know what? I'm out. And I may be physically present, <laughs> but my mind. Thanks. I'm out of this conversation so yeah I feel
0: you it has
1: been a process of me you know when I was really young um I can vividly remember like I don't even know the scenario but me hiding behind my mom's leg Mm. like and there was probably nothing going on it was probably just some new people we were meeting but just me you know clinging to her and, and also in hindsight I was a little kid probably four or five my mom was super skinny and I was thinking in hindsight there was no way I thought I was really hiding behind this woman's leg <laughs> they yeah. could clearly still see me but it was that theme right and being quiet and using silence and mm-hmm. sitting back and observing and um you get you also get acknowledgments for that I remember having a teacher in third grade tell me there could be a tornado and Siobhan would still sit here and be quiet. And at first I was like, that's good. But then later on, I was like, hold on. What what if I don't want to sit and be quiet or why wouldn't I have gotten up to say something, right? And I think that, you know, in school, if you can sit and you can be quiet and you get good grades, it's all good. And you get a lot of um, positive reinforcement for that behavior. So then my learning Throughout the process, was then where's my voice? Hmm. And what did I do with my voice? And how do I speak up when I need to? And hmm. it wasn't until I was out of college um, from ANL with my undergraduate degree, working in community mental health and having a lot of compassion for my clients who had pretty significant mental illness that they were dealing with and have, having to advocate for them. Right. Hmm. Whether it was with the medication change that they needed and we weren't able to get in as early as possible and calling and trying to negotiate on their behalf um, to get an earlier appointment or having to advocate for them in what at the time seemed very small ways. But what actually ended up happening was I was able to realize that, you know what, I do have a voice and I can use it and I can get results. So. I can speak. I'm good with words. I know how to navigate these situations because I still have those problem-solving skills. Yeah. So, even though I was quiet, somebody could say, "No, I may not respond immediately, but internally, I was like, no, there has to be another way." Mm. And then I would just go find the other way and I would come back. And I think that has been my process, you know, whether I'm working mm. um for the county, for the government, someone's like, "No, And I'm not going to give a big response, that's just not me, but I'm also not done with the conversation, right? And so I think that there was that element of people underestimating me, because I'm not going to be the loudest in the room, but I also Mm. am not afraid, right? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a lot of instances of me finding my voice and speaking up, and then people being kind of shocked. Well, you know, I didn't really... Expect that we'll be revisiting this again. And I would just feel like, well, why not? I wasn't done with the conversation. Mm. But I'm saying it just like this. But yeah. I'm not done with the conversation, and you're also not going to dismiss me. And so learning that my voice could be used and could be powerful and really learning that through advocacy work.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful because oftentimes it's through others where we can learn to find our own voice. Mm-hmm. And really. Maybe- Actually, it has to be that way because um, as we think about who we are as, as divine beings, as energetic beings, it's almost as if we don't exist without the reflection of others, you know? Or Absolutely. Ourselves. And so Absolutely. we have, have that. And that resonates with me so deeply because I, too, even though I had a lot of the chaos around me, was very mm-hmm. suppressed by emotions. I was an outgoing kid, I performed very well. However, in terms of speaking my truth, you're not gonna get it, okay? Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so, for me, it took me till my late twenties, like I sold well into my adulthood, before I even started to speak about some of my life experiences and my childhood experience or childhood traumas mm-hmm. that I now openly talk about, like every day, all day. Um, however, that deeply resonates with me in terms of finding your voice, and I think for our listeners and people that are watching this, that this is something that is of Vast significance in your healing journey is finding your voice, yes, speaking your truth, mm-hmm. and really knowing the difference between the two. Because yes. sometimes we're saying things or speaking things that may not be in honor of ourselves. Absolutely. And refinement, it takes time to really understand, was that coming from me or is that coming from my mama or coming from my teacher or coming from my boy or whoever it's coming from? Yes. Because we we are oftentimes not thinking our own thoughts. I love to say that too. And And for finding your voice, can you speak more to to how you started to refine that? Because going from an advocate for your clients to now sitting at a table and being like, okay, I'm not done. You know that Mm -hmm. takes some courage. Yes, you know it's a courage and time.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely, courage and time. And that was a difference of like me being twenty-two, fresh out of college, and then me being in my thirties.
0: Okay, Um,
1: okay. So I would, I would really encourage people to have grace with themselves on the process yes. and there were definitely there were definitely some hiccups there were definitely some moments where I had to go back and apologize because you know I found my voice and I was real excited I was real I was real excited about it and somebody said something and I said something it just was like it was a situation right and so that refinement definitely came over time it took me being curious with myself
0: Hmm.
1: and okay. So in this moment, I felt comfortable saying something and this one, I didn't, what was the difference? And kind of realizing what is it within me? That's like, this is a green light. This is a red light. And knowing that sometimes it was really just that I had something to say or I didn't have something to say. Sometimes it's that simple, but I had to kind of do the work and be curious with myself to not just judge it. Because I think you always can finish a situation and say, well, I should have done this. I should have done that, right? But in that moment, did I actually have something to say? I may have still been processing.
0: Yeah. And to give
1: myself that grace to where it doesn't always have to be an instantaneous thing. Um, Did, you know, allowing myself to say something and maybe it went well, okay, good. We'll take note of that. And maybe I said something that didn't, Go well, okay, good. We'll take note of that. And to, as much as possible, remove that constant inner critic who wants yeah. me to analyze every single thing. And uh, something you mentioned that I'm so happy you said is about us existing in relation to other people. Mm-hmm. because one thing that I am, regardless of what title I've had, what type of work I've done, whether I'm doing therapy, where I'm talking to somebody about human design, Self-awareness is so important.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that so often people think they're self-aware, but they're limited because no one can tell them anything. Yeah. Right? And it's like, that's not it. That's, that's, that's not it. Right. <laughs> because you you know how you think you show up. But we really learn about how we show up when we are able to receive feedback from others. Yeah, because I may think I'm one way I may have worked really hard to show up one way and someone else can tell me actually it came out that way. Now, if I shut them down and just like, no, 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 I know who I am. Nobody can tell me anything. I'm going to be limited in my growth because, yes, it's important that I know how I want to show up and I work to do that. But that feedback, like we're relational. We do not exist in silos. So we have to be able to allow someone, now not everybody, you know, not everyone, but we have to be able to allow some people to tell us something. Because that information may be the piece we needed to get the full picture of how we are presenting ourselves in the world and to other people.
0: I love that. I love that. Because for me, that was like, oh, such a pain point. A point, criticism from others and and I call it that now because that's how it felt. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that criticism, almost like punishment when people yes. gave me feedback. I I I literally would cringe at the at the sound of people giving me feedback. It would make mm-hmm. me feel like I I, mm-hmm. I really wanted to be perfect that badly that the thought of me not being so and needing yes. correction or mm-hmm was heart-wrenching or stomach curling for me. Absolutely. And I'm speaking to those who may be in that spot now to find someone who you trust. Yes. Maybe someone like a Siobhan, like a therapist or energetic alchemist, or me mm-hmm. or someone else who mm-hmm. you trust to share very unbiasedly your circumstances and who can offer you some unbiased feedback. Mm -hmm. And that's the first place to start. And I feel like for me, that really opened me up to being able to see myself and how I could evolve, how I could improve so that when I'm going to someone who is not as evolved and they're offering their criticism and or feedback, then Mm -hmm. it doesn't work so bad. And I I can actually receive it and choose if I want to make the change or not.
1: Exactly. Yes. Maintain your ability to choose. Absolutely.
0: And I feel like that is the hardest part because we want to oftentimes please and change to make the other person happy or whatever. Because I'm speaking, especially like in your workplace, mm-hmm. you know, and this is not always necessary. Because we are beings of conscious light and beings with the ability to have free will and obviously with free will, the ability to choose and rebuttal and challenge. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's also something for me as someone who suppressed a lot of my emotions and my thoughts has been very hard to do. The yeah. challenge others, to rebuttal, to not agree, to disagree. Mm-hmm. And we live in a world in a society where disagreement is almost forbidden. Like we only need to be on the same page, or I'm not fucking with you. Like you get canceled. Ugh. You know what I'm saying? Literally, like, literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you telling me just because I don't think like you, I'm canceled? What? Yes. And mm-hmm. so this is an energy that we we must um, I believe. I always say we have to integrate it and ascend from it in order to achieve greater things in our lives and in this world. And we have to be able to communicate our differences, receive some ugly, harsh feedback if we have to, and Mm -hmm. and figure out if that's us or not.
1: And and if it's
0: us, then maybe we don't need to be in the same space as that other individual. And that's okay. Right. Yeah, And so I feel like this is some gems that we're uncovering and discovering in this conversation because it's really something folks need to kind of process. And, yes. and it, I loved how you said that, like, maybe I'm still processing. And that's why I don't have a quick, witty, you know, comeback. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm give all of them afterwards and you're like exactly I went like dang it but it's like mm-hmm. you just a guy you are just processing and that mm-hmm. is okay and so there's so there's so many stages to this and phases but I just yeah. had to say that this is really resonating with me
1: yeah I'm, I'm glad it is because I think it's hard and feedback is hard because we don't want to disappoint people yeah right and a lot of you know, I have this philosophy and I'm honestly, this philosophy, I'm just saying it today. I don't know, it might be a philosophy, it may not be. But most things are neutral, right? So you think about um, emotions. People are very emotionally avoided. You know, I will, I've heard people say, I just don't wanna be angry. I just don't wanna deal with that. And I'm like, anger is neutral. Anger is just minding its business because you're not trying to avoid happiness, right? <laughs> Anger is neutral. We don't like the behaviors that people engage in when they're angry. And then when we ask them, Well, why did you, you know, hit Johnny? Well, I was mad, right?
0: But Mm. the reality
1: is, I can feel anger and not hit someone. Mm. So anger is one thing. And Mm. then I have the behavior I engage in. But because we don't separate things out, we put everything together. Right, Hmm. I don't want to feel this, or it doesn't feel good.
0: Hmm. Things don't feel good. We have this
1: idea that if it's good, it's going to feel good. Yeah, no, I have kids. Labor doesn't feel good, right? Like we we want the end result, but we don't want to go through the discomfort to get it. And so, a lot of it is how can we widen our threshold of tolerance for discomfort? to allow the things to be what they are yes because a lot of things just are but then we get upset about it and then mm. we become that thing is bad mm. and I'm kind of like that thing was mine in its business you just didn't like it and we have to get clear with ourselves on that how many things am I saying I don't like or it made me upset when it was neutral it made me feel uncomfortable it made mm. me question some things Mm. and now i just kind of want to reject it but if we Mm. can break it down to okay this is the thing this is how i felt about it i can feel that way and that thing not necessarily be bad but i'm uncomfortable
0: yeah we were being
1: accountable then it's not just this thing over here that person over there it's who i was really uncomfortable yeah what am i going to do with myself yes because i'm the one that's uncomfortable with it
0: Yes, feeling the feelings. I love how you said widening our threshold for discomfort. Mm -hmm. Widening our threshold for discomfort, period, is the key to integration and ascension. Yeah. Yeah. I have been going through this for the past few months. I've been going through some really challenging times in my life. Very challenging I called it forth because I am on an accelerated ascension path. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. going real bad. And this is one of the I mean, obviously I'm at a different level and frequency now, but the integration of this discomfort is it's like soul shaking. It's like soul yes. shaking. And to your point, that's how labor feels, especially when the baby's coming out. Your body Listen. is in- vibrating as this it's at its
1: within yes. coming
0: it's literally at its within and that is honestly how it should feel when you're dealing with some of the challenges in our lives in your body yeah body as possible it as much as possible in a state of calm yes feeling the feelings as you just for me I like to to lie in my bathtub I love to take salt baths Listen, and I that's everything the discomfort in my body mm-hmm. at its peak when I literally cannot move the water is so hot it's so salty it's so like I'm just like my body is like Ugh. you know and mm-hmm. I can feel every ounce every you know wavelength of yes. this comfort mm-hmm. and, is the work and I and I hope folks are able to follow us on this because this is actually what it feels like in your body. Mm-hmm. What it feels like that turns into neck cramps or you know um twitches in your fingers or cramps in your legs. Like this yes. is the, and getting stuck essentially it's not able to move through your body. It creates That's not- it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes
1: I, I'm so glad you said that. Mm-hmm. Two things that come to mind. One, I was talking with a woman who does uh readings, and we were both going through it in, in this reading, and she was like, you know, with this journey, once you get started, you in it. And I think that's something you or die. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I need another option. I need another option. But it's like once you start the process. <laughs> and you heighten your awareness, you start to pick up on more, right? So there is more discomfort. The other thing is stuff, things are in our body. We, for whatever reason, um, I don't know how many times I've said this in the years of being a therapist. I will ask people about physical symptoms and then I work with women. So we have an entire reproductive system that impacts us all the time. On a monthly and, basis. Right. It, and, and, and we'll still be surprised, right? You know, we've been dealing with this for months, for 20 years, and once a month, we're still surprised. <laughs> and while I say we, I mean me, I'm still <laughs> surprised once a month. <laughs> but it impacts things. And so the thing that this brought up for me is in our body, right? We're going through changes. We're on healing journeys. We have all of things happening but people don't want to be connected to their bodies. Yeah. You know, if yeah. I feel anxious, I used to just sit and be anxious. Then I'm anxious because I'm realizing that I'm anxious. Now I'm just in a spiral and, and I haven't actually done anything. Yeah. Now I can feel that and I may need to get up and pace around the room. I may just shake out my arms. I do a lot more somatic work, especially because i work with a lot of black and brown women. We hold generations of trauma in our bodies in our room what are we doing with that millennia yes right and so sometimes people like well I've been having headaches for six months and I've been taking this medication I'm like what happened six months ago right so often somebody's been dealing with something for six months for eight months it's a pain my hip hurt my cycle's been off that's a big one what happened that time? Oh, I started talking to somebody new. Well, what has that relationship been like? It's been really stressful. What happened six a month? My grandmother was hospitalized. What happened eight months ago? I was laid off from my dream job, right? So we have to connect these dots because everything, like you talk about with energy, everything's impacting everything. Mm-hmm. Things reside in our body. Grief resides in our body. Every time there's change, there's grief. And I don't think people understand that. Yes, there's grief if someone dies, but there's also grief if I get a new job and I leave my coworkers who I was really connected with. And now I have Mm -hmm. to go to the unknown and -hmm. deal with this unknown situation. So we are at any moment dealing with numerous levels of grief. If we're Mm -hmm. on our healing journey, we're trying to learn new ways to exist. That's hard because that's Mm change. That's Mm -hmm. not easy. It's not easy to go from popping off to sitting quiet.
0: Yeah. You know how how
1: intense that is in your body? Because what happens if you restrict yourself, you clench. Your entire body clenches up. Mm -hmm. In car accidents, so many people have injuries because they brace themselves for the impact. And therefore, the impact is more intense because your body wasn't relaxed. Mm. So we're clenching all the time. How many times do you realize your shoulders are at your ears? Mm right? You're bracing yourself. You're trying to withstand these things. Our bodies are in a lot of ways when we're on these paths, our body's taking the blows. Ooh. What are we doing Ooh. to release that energy? Ooh. We can't hold it all in.
0: Yeah. I love this conversation because um, I, I've been practicing Tai Chi now for about two years. Mm. And this is actually what Heighten my awareness around my body and the numbness that I (laughs) the numbness of my body, especially my work. And so about these things and how the body takes the blows. And I think there's even a book called The Body Keeps the Score. I've never read it, Mm -hmm. but I can only imagine how it goes into very great detail around that which we're discussing in this moment. Mm -hmm. In terms of how our stress, our life stresses, our emotional stresses, our psychological stresses, our generational stresses, our DNA, our galactic stresses, because we go with that.
1: our our <laughs> yes, <laughs>
0: are still vibrating very actively in our frequency, and mm-hmm. we do not know how to tend to it. Or we have chosen right. not to tend to it. And- mm-hmm. I- is a better explanation we've chosen not to tend to that right vibration because we choose to be distracted instead and and so on this journey when you speak about the healing you can't go back is because of what you're experiencing of what you're feeling and also what we've been taught you know it's almost like we make that pledge to ourselves that i'm never going to ignore my voice again i'm never going to ignore my body again and then so when it starts to get louder You've already made the pledge, so you have to listen. Exactly. Yes. hmm Listen. And I love to talk about this with my clients about how our pain is speaking to us. It actually has a very vivid story to tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. And being I've been going back into past lives through my pain and being able to mm. see experience and, and feel and understand what why I feel this way. Like, damn, wow. And mm-hmm. i know, looking at me like, oh, Erin's getting really off a rocker now. And that's okay. I understand. Um, however, this is what it is and what the experience has yeah. started for me. And mm-hmm. so awakening. And it's so refreshing to know that I can be all of these things in this still now moment. Yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Still now moment this pain that I feel, this anxiety that I have, the traumas that I went through, it's all still part of me. And And before in our Tai Chi training, we would like say it like, this is not me, it's mine. But however, once I've integrated it, once I've embodied it, it feels different. It feels different. And so I really want to encourage folks that are listening, that are watching, that are trying to follow along or maybe are following along to really start to look at your pain differently and really yes. start to listen to it. And I don't know if you have any tips or tools that you share with your clients, but I'd love to like hear what you do in terms of how you listen to the pain or how you encourage people to really imbibe in that threshold of discomfort.
1: Yes, absolutely. I appreciate so much that you said that because again, pain is one of those things that we think is bad, right? Because yeah. it feels bad. Yeah. It does not feel good. And I like to think of a multitude of things, pain, emotions, anxiety as vessels of communication, which is very much in line with what, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I may ask someone, I do a lot of somatic work. So I may say, you know, close your eyes. We're going to do a check-in okay, you said you're feeling angry. What is that anger communicating? Like if that anger is a vessel of communication, what did, what is it telling us in this moment? And mm-hmm. then when you talk about integration and embodying, where is that anger stored in your body? Nine times out of 10, a person can say something. I will ask them, but they'll be like, what? And then I said, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, I'll guide them through it. Oh, it's in my lower back on the right side. Mm-hmm right it's in my chest Mm. Uh, where's the anxiety it's in my stomach right under my rib cage
0: where's
1: the pain of the sexual assault to my right hip Mm. you know where where are you noticing this people pleasing you know my feet just feel so heavy
0: and Mm. you think about
1: that if you're carrying the weight of other people's happiness your feet are probably tired. How much are we carrying? Where is it being sore? What is it communicating? And there are things, a lot of times, certain things show up in certain parts of the body. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. And how do I recognize that? How can I release that? So I yeah. will work um, in a somatic session, helping somebody release it. Okay, Mm. you're really angry with your dad? What color is that anger? Okay, it's lime green. Let's close our eyes. Imagine the lime green smoke, right? Because we have to make Mm. it visible and you're going to exhale it. So on every exhale, you're getting all of it out. And then I allow people to tap into their body to tell us when we're done, right? I don't know when we're done. Your body has to tell us if we're done. Yeah. And then we go through that. And the number of times where people will say, gosh, I feel so much lighter. Mm. You know what? That tingling in my leg, it subsided a little bit.
0: And then yeah. we kind of
1: practice these things. And how do you free yourself? You know, going to the body as the guy conversations change from I was at work and I was upset. to I was upset and I noticed my heart racing. So I had to get up and take a walk and come back to my desk. Because mm-hmm. now you have something to do. Yeah. Right? Now you have something yeah. to release. Yes. Now you have a way to intervene on your own behalf, mm-hmm. to engage with your body, to recognize it, to kind of integrate what you're learning. Mm-hmm. Okay, my heart's racing. Movement helps me relax. Mm-hmm. How can I get to movement?
0: Mm-hmm. I love that you do this with your clients. Tell us where are you based and tell us more about your services because I know we're kind of getting close to time. and this is really beautiful because we really don't often hear this coming from therapy. Honestly, Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, I got, I know someone, I feel like you, I mean, this is revolutionary. (laughs) Most people have to make a transition into, and I guess that's what you're doing into something more Mm -hmm. expansive because you aren't going to be able to pay a therapist to guide you through this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So right absolutely which is kind of you know where i started with what's the title you know what do i call myself and a little context is i think a part of this was from me observing people right because if you're quiet you can pay attention and i would just notice whether i was in church such and such was really tight today somebody else was really dancing around somebody else was this and i was always just curious and then working with clients in different areas I'm talking to somebody and they're sharing that they were just um, brutally attacked, they're really clinched, right? If I talk to them about their kids, their body relaxes. So me just kind of observing and allowing myself to be a student and then to incorporate that. So th- my therapy sessions do look different um, because again, with the populations I work with, just talking things out isn't necessarily um, the best because I have a lot of very uh highly intelligent intellectual ladies I need you to get out of your head
0: because you've been there
1: but that hasn't resolved anything so how do we get into your body and so that's kind of where I go um I live I recently moved back to Fort Worth Texas um I lived in Minnesota for about 12 years I am licensed Um, as a clinical social worker in both Texas and Minnesota. Um, I did do a pivot last year where I did some human design training and I started incorporating that. And then I have added additional services where I kind of combine my knowledge really of the body which is somatic work um, with human design and offer readings and then coaching services there.
0: Mm. and do you have to be in the Fort Worth area to service clients Where, where are most of your clients residing
1: um so it depends on the service they want so what I'm doing with therapy I really just kind of focus on therapy a person needs to meet um like they need to be one of the areas I'm going to focus in which is going to be grief and trauma um I think that they're all tied I know like we kind of tease things out, but I do a lot of like intense trauma work, people who recently be involved in like major shootings or assaults or like lost a child or something like that. So I definitely have a love for that deep trauma and grief work. But then in terms of these other services, I really want to help people get in touch with their body and to embody some of those things. And to me, what has been most effective is that somatic work you know, guiding people towards breathing, where are you feeling the things? Okay, you don't like your dad, where where are you storing that in your body? Let's talk about that. Mm talking about you know how to pay attention to your body so that you can actually know what you're feeling. Because you mentioned the word numb earlier. Some people don't even know what the emotion is. So how do I help you get connected? And that is really going to be just that deep somatic type work. Um, I love to incorporate human design. It provides a good foundation. All of it is helping the person understand themselves better so that they know how to navigate their life, whatever that looks like. And for those services, a person could be anywhere. Um, That is the area where I've been really trying to build that out and figure out what that looks like for me also. Um, And so that's kind of, you know, what the offers are right now.
0: Awesome, and, and to um, clarify, your clients can be anywhere or are they based in yes. Texas? Okay. Okay. They can, can be, be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's beautiful, yep. that's beautiful. Yeah. And do you have any sort of upcoming, exciting things happening with your business
1: or any, I don't know, yeah. cool things to share? Yeah, you know, one thing that I have been working on, and this is, I don't know if you've had this thing where you have an idea, you kind of start, life happens, you got to come back to it, life happens. So I have these um, journaling cards that I have been working on. Um, We talk about feedback and a lot of feedback that I have received from my clients over and over and over for years has been you ask really good questions. And Mm -hmm. so I started to keep a log of questions and I was like, wow, if somebody is in that point of really questioning themselves and being really curious with themselves, what are some questions that will be helpful? So those are currently in the process um, of being developed. I literally just have to get a piece of artwork to the manufacturer and then those will be in production. So that is what is coming up next. um, In addition to the new services that I kind of launched this year.
0: Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So you're gonna have some journal prompt cards that really encourage people to start asking more and be more curious about themselves. Yes, absolutely. I love that, I love And I don't know if you have any closing words, but I definitely want to be extend my gratitude to you for this time and space that we shared. This was a beautiful conversation. I really need to like integrate this and process all this, you know, because I'm trying to think like, what, what would even be like the title the highlight of this, this conversation? Because there were so many gems from what we discussed today. So um, I definitely think for me, it has to be the the expanding our space for discomfort mm-hmm. that that really mm-hmm. ooh really just hit home for me and mm-hmm. um and so I I really want I hope that those who make it all the way to the end can, can really can sit with that and really start to integrate more of what you shared in terms of how you are growing your business into the somatic work into getting into the body and really understanding mm-hmm. that we are not just mind you know we are not because mm-hmm. trust me when I went on my metaphysical journey I was ready to just travel. I was ready to just come on my body you know mm-hmm. and I know a lot of mm-hmm. people make it that way but we came to earth for this earth experience and to be in this body and we must not ignore it so I feel like that's yeah my,
1: it's yeah, I appreciate that reflection so much because we did, we talked about a lot, but I said, I love the word expansion and this, this conversation was so expansive. I too will need to process because this has been so good. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say is that as people are on their journey, do not become your own enemy. Allow yourself to go with the ups, the downs, I know it is so hard to do things without judgment of ourselves, and this is something I work on every day, but the more you can give yourself grace, like the world is going to give us enough, right, to fight against, to push back, I don't need to add myself to the list of people I'm trying to fight against, so I would just encourage people to offer themselves as much grace as possible. Um, And connect with people who are like-minded. It may be hard, but it doesn't have to be someone you know. This podcast is great, right? Find, do an inventory of who you're following on social media. Are you following people who are in alignment with what you're trying to move towards? Um, Figure out how to build your own community of support because this, like we said, once we're in it, some days we're fighting for our lives. Some days we're fighting for our lives. Just every day. Yeah, it's rough. Find your support, find your people, and give yourself grace.
0: Yes, I love that so much. And before we go, can you just share how we can stay in touch with you, how we can follow you on social media? And if people want to engage your services, how best to do that?
1: Yeah, so you can find me. Now, I'm going to give a disclaimer I am not the best at social media. I just (laughs) told y'all I spent a lot of my life being quiet and hiding. (laughs) <laughs> my work in this part of my journey is to come out of the shadows, which is why I'm on this podcast and why I'm trying to be a little bit more vocal about the work that I do. Um, so you can follow me on social media um, on Instagram. It's at sincerely and it's the word sincerely. My name is S H A V I Z and Victor O N, and then the website is also the same. Sincerely hyphen to I love see that. the services and see what it's all about
0: amazing well sincerely thank you Siobhan, yeah, for thank your, you my, for your your mind for your soul your your connection your are tapping in this day and um for all of you listeners you can follow me at i am erin Patton on instagram facebook and linkedin Also the website, themetabusiness.world is where you can find all of our resources. And of course you can follow the Meta Business Millennial podcast on Instagram and Facebook and also on YouTube where you can catch us um, live and video in person. You can see our fabulous faces. And with that, I am just so joyous that we had this time together. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you again. And with that, much love to you all. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, AaronPatton.com, to find all the show notes, links and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.